all ready to go. Amen. We've had a wonderful time up to this point, and God's really moving And today. And I want to just say, um, really, this whole Sunday and just honor uh, leaders. And I want to talk about leaders, but also uh, at the end of service, I want to recognize some leaders. And so uh, if we turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 5, uh, starting verse 1, we're going to read 1 through 4. It'll be, um, I think, on the overhead, but uh, if you have your Bible, your device, 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 1 and four. How many are thankful for the leaders in our church and the leaders that God has given us? I'm so thankful for them. I love them. And amen. And, uh, and of course, the teams that serve on Sundays and, you know, we're greeted by people in the parking lot and, and in the service and then people that do all the behind the scenes work. And of course, uh, the DF Kids ministry people. I mean, there are just so many people that do so many things. And I'm so thankful for that. Uh, isn't that the way a church is supposed to function because we're body and there's just many members and many gifts and many talents and and uh, there's so many things to do and so I'm so thankful for that but uh, thankful for their leaders today anyways in first Peter chapter 5 it says uh, he's writing and he says at the end of his letter to the elders among you I appeal as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's sufferings who also will share in the glory to be revealed be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording over uh, those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd, it's Jesus, appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Amen. And so the Bible talks about elders, the Bible talks about leaders in the church, talks about the, the, the shepherding position in the church and Jesus himself being the chief shepherd. I want to say this right away, that leadership and the church, this whole church and even our leadership is not here, we're not here to serve the pastor's vision. You're not here to serve my dream or my vision. Now I've heard, I heard it, I get it, I know a lot of people say that, hey, your vision pastor, I get it. But, you know, God does that way and he speaks that way. He'll speak a word, a vision, a dream or something to, yeah, a lot of times a particular man, woman or couple or group of people. And then we, we go from there. And that's how God usually does it. That's his, that's his order. That's his structure. But we're not here to serve my vision, my dream, you know, my aspirations, my, uh, you know, I have a business plan and I'm always desired to be a CEO. And so you're, no. We're, here's what we're doing. We're serving Jesus together in the vision that he gave our church. How many agree with that? And so we're not here to, you know, I've heard a lot of people say, well, whatever. Yeah, but it's, we're working together. And we're working together in his vision. And so a lot of people have the mentality that I'm here working for you. No, it's not people working for me. It's not here my dream and my business. Amen. It's his business, his dream, his desire. He's expressed it through me, and through a team of leaders. Aren't you glad for that? Amen. So I'm thankful for leadership and thankful for the people in our church. But you know, in the very beginning when my wife and I uh, transitioned into pastorate, just over three years now, um, in the very beginning we knew that there needed some changes to be made and rebuilding and that happens. That's, that's normal in a transition. That's normal in a church that's our age and that's just normal. And so we knew that needed to happen. We knew that there needed to be some rebuilding. And so we knew that we had to do the things where God wanted us to be, where God wanted us to go. We knew that we had to have a core of people that were willing to work together. And I'm going to tell you, my wife and I, for the last, you know, three and a half years, almost three and a half years now, have just absolutely been so grateful 
for the leaders that are here in our church because it was such a strong core of communication, of love, of unity, working together. There were so many things that we had to do. We had to make tough changes. We had to make tough decisions. We had to make good decisions and good things. And, you know, when we sat down and we really started praying about the OC and the outreach center at Catherine Street, you know, it was like, yeah, it was a dream that God, you know, gave us several years ago. But, you know, really what we did is we sat down and said, what are you guys feeling? What do you think about it? We got the governing board together. We got the overseers together. We got the elders together. I even brought in former elders and had them sit in on a meeting and said, what do you think? What is God saying? And every one of them said, go for it. Aren't you glad for a good team, amen, that just really hears God? And so we were so excited for that. And then there's been other times where they said, no, that's not smart. Don't do that. And so we didn't do that. And so uh, I'm so thankful for that. And, and so at the beginning, we knew that we needed that strong core. And and then we also knew that um, as part of transition and change and growth as a church and as a people group, we knew that, that everybody that was serving wouldn't always stay there and would always be in that position and always wouldn't be you know, serving in, in that role. And so we knew that the elders especially that really helped us, really did a, do a lot of stuff at the very beginning, we knew that, you know, hey, you, you've been here for almost as long as I've been here and you've been here doing this and you built this thing and you you showed up at the prayer meetings and you built it by prayer and faith and evangelism and and I look back at the tent meetings we did and and and, and all the things that we used to do and come on you were back there if you were back there you did it and all the elders they did all the work and my wife and I said we we can't ask you to do more work we can't ask you to do it again we know that you served and we know there was a season in your life and so we knew that they would move on and and there'd be a season that we would choose other leaders and develop other leaders and other elders would come on. And so we knew that was healthy and we knew that was part of God's plan. And so today we want to do that. We want to recognize those who feel that it's time for them to to move on from that active role of, as an elder. And then those there's going to be times and, and seasons that new elders will come on and new positions open. How many of you know that's a healthy church? That's a growing church. Amen. And so we want to do that. And I just want to talk a little bit about leadership today and then honor some people as well. And so I believe that really as our vision, when we began to put it together, it wasn't something we looked around and said, well, you know, what should we do? What does Google say we should do? We prayed about it and we felt that the, the, really the church has to be built on good leadership, right? Or around good leadership. How many know good leaders make a good church? Amen? Right? Yes, they do. Well, it's Jesus. Yep, it's good, it's good leaders too. It's good leaders too, cooperating with Jesus. Amen? Jesus is building his church, but he's using people to do it. Amen? And so he needs good, qualified people and people that have a heart to serve the Lord. And so we knew that the health and growth of the church was leadership. Leadership is God's design for health and growth of the church. That's God's design. That's the way he did it. And if you look at the book of Acts and the pattern they have, it was discipleship, fellowship, and leadership. That was the pattern we see in the book of Acts. We see it as a healthy church, a thriving church, a growing church. How many of the church that we see at the beginning of the book of Acts was a good church? Amen. That was a healthy church. That was a good church. And, you know, we see those things. And so I believe that for a healthy, growing church, there needs to be these three things in order. And we've kind of patterned our church about along these things. And that is structure, function, and development. And I think that is so important that we look at our church and we say, we need structure. How many believe we need order and structure? Amen. The Bible teaches so much about order and structure. In fact, if you go back to the Garden of Eden, if you go back to the very beginning, before God appointed Adam uh, for leadership, there was order and structure. 
God took six days to, to create everything and, and put Adam in charge. How many know before he gave Adam that leadership role, there had to be order and there had to be structure? Is that right? Amen. And then after God appointed Adam as the leader of the garden to work, to do the work of God and to be over that work, uh, you know, God revealed the purpose of leadership. It was to multiply. It was to grow. It was to be healthy. How many know Adam was in charge of keeping the garden healthy and growing? That's what the Bible says. Amen. And so we see that pattern in the Bible. And that's what we want to pattern our church after is this structure, this function and this development of people. Amen. And so we believe that. And so I've heard people say all my life, it's kind of more and more of a myth now, but I've heard people say this all my life. Hey, you know what? We're not an organization. We're an organi organism. We're an organism. You know, we're, 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 we're like life and, and we're not an organization. How many have ever heard that? We're an organism. We're not an organization. How many have heard that? Have you ever thought about that for a second? There's more structure in an organism than organization. There's more, there's more detailed structure and order in grass than in anything in the world. Come on. There's order in creation, isn't there? How much order is in your body? There's so much order and structure in your body, it's not even funny. I mean, the way that your body works is amazing, isn't it? And God designed it that way because God wanted to be, to, to be healthy and growing, right? So he had to have order and he had to have structure. And so we see that in the church. Yes, we're not an organization, but we have, yes, we have a life, but we have so much structure and order that we do in our church. Why? In the Old Testament, we see God spoke and he spent years, I believe, teaching them how to build the ark. I mean, the material they had to use, the, the way they had to do it, the number they had to do everything in and the measurements they had to do. And the Bible says once that happened, God's glory could come. How I many know people want God's glory in their life and their, or, their life is out of order? And so they never maintain what God wants to do. They never keep the revival in the church or whatever because it's not in order. How many know you don't go to a soda machine and keep putting a dollar in if it says out of order and your dollar keeps coming back or however they do it these days, right? Come on. Out of order, out of order. How many keep just passing your card over it and it says out of order, out of order? Someday this is going to work, Right? Well, God doesn't invest in things that are out of order. God doesn't do that, right? So he wants us to be in order. He wants the church to have order and structure in our church. And so our church, the way we've done it, and if you've gone through the growth track, you've really seen this, and it's really how we felt that we should be. And, you know, I know a lot of people that feel this way, other churches, and, and we really appreciate that. But our, the way that we have our church structured and the way the government of our church is, is that we are guided by pastors, that we're protected by elders, and we are we really kind of strengthened by overseers. So there's just the way that we have it and the way that we've decided to do things. We said we need order and we need structure in order for us to grow. And so that's, our, that's how we feel about it. We just feel that we needed to be guided by pastors and protected by elders and we needed to be strengthened by overseers. And so that's kind of how we really structure our church. We also have a governance board which really takes care of the business uh, part of the church and, and, and really is a, we're accountable to and then the financial team that we meet every other month and, and we're accountable to and making decisions and praying together. And, uh, and then we have directors. There's many of the directors. I believe we have seven. And these directors in our church are like deacons, I guess, if you read it and, and kind of broke it down, and they're like deacons where they're in charge of some of the more important areas of the church, or the core areas, the integral parts of the ministry of the church. And so 
we, we believe instruction. We believe in order. And someone said, well, you know, we, we just, you know, God flows like a river. He just flows. Yeah, but he flows through something that's already been there, that's made, it's ordered. Come on. I mean, and water just kind of, water that flows. You'll never get water, you know, if you kind of just say, well, it's just going to come off the mountain and, and we're just going to, you know, have, a, have water to drink and wash our clothes and everything. I mean, no, you've got to have this creek and this funnel and this, this and that and everything. Make a canal and do that. Right? And so that's the, Lord, the way the Lord flows. And he, he flows through order and He flows through structure. And so all these things that we felt to, to bring in our church, we felt it was part of, of provision to uh, bring strength in our church and really guidance and protection. And so I'm thankful for that. Aren't you thankful for good leaders, amen, in our church that help our church and, and guide our church and protect our church? But, you know, we, we've seen this, and this is one of the things that were so important when we began to develop the growth track. We said, you know, believers or people coming into our church, really, I believe they need, they deserve, let's just put it that way, if I could say, for lack of a better term, they deserve a leadership team that's working together that they can feel safe and grow in a church that, come on, has a good leadership team. And so we, we began to really design and work together and say, how can we really uh, kind of pull things together as elders and as leaders that we can really uh, do what God wants us to do and have it uh, a really safe environment and growing environment. And so I believe that we're kind of there. And I, I think that, that God entrusted us with the Outreach Center because we have a lot of things in order. Amen? I believe that. And I believe that when God begins to bring people in more and more into the church, I believe that they're going to find a home. I believe that they're going to find family. They're going to find the teachings of Jesus. They're going to grow in the faith. Anybody? I believe there's order here. I believe that we have the order that God wants to flow through here. Amen. And it's because of the leadership. It's because of the teams that we have and the, the way that we've worked together and the, the focus that we've had. And so I believe that. I believe that people are looking for leaders who really conduct themselves with integrity and respect. Amen. And especially today in our culture, people want to know, look, I mean, that's great. Your worship, you got lights, this, that and everything. And you got the look. But I want to know that what, what is your leadership like? What is, what is your, you know, come on, how are you going to take care of my kids? How are you going to take care of the, my teenagers? You know, what, how, how, can, how can my marriage grow here? How can I grow as a Christian here at your church? How many know we really need to provide those ways and things and means for people to grow and to become healthy in the Lord, right? And so we need order and we need structure. But the second thing I think is so important, especially about leadership, and that is function. <clears throat> I believe that function is more important than any position that you can have. Function. The Bible says that we are the body of Christ. We are the ligaments and, and we need each other. <clears throat> How many know we need the body in order to grow healthy and strong? Everybody's got to do their part. Everybody's got to flow together. Is that correct? How many know? And every, every member here has a place. Every member of the body of Christ. If you're a Christian, you're a member of the body of Christ. Amen? You may not serve in the church as a position or a title. How many know God has given titles for the way that he, we kind of govern His work, not rule over people? God didn't give us you know, leaders in the church so we can rule over each other. He gave us leadership so we can take care of His work. I mean, no, that's what He did in the garden. How many know He gave man authority over His work, not over other people, to boss them around and rule over them? That's what the Bible says. Amen? And as we see it here in 1 Peter, he says, look, you're not, you don't, these elders aren't people that lord over people like, like the, they saw in the Roman era. You don't rule over people and lord over people and get them to do what you want. No, we're servant leaders here. And come on, equipping people. See, we're developing you to deploy you. How I many know that's what leadership does? 
Leadership develops you to deploy you in the things of God. Amen. And so that's why we, it's very important that we have function over position. Because a life does not come from a ministry. Ministry comes from a life. You can't design and develop a, a, a life around a ministry. Ministry flows from a life. A life of love, serving. Come on, a life of character, integrity, a life of... Come on, you understand that. And so that's what we... I've, I've heard that since Bible school, and that made so much sense to me. Amen, that that's how God chooses people. But function over position is so important. In fact, relationship and function over position. In the church, I think that we need to value our relationships with one another uh, more than our position over each other or among each other. I think it's so important that as leaders that we value the relationship. And so if we have arguments or we have discussions or disagreements amongst ourselves, the first thing that we're going to honor is our relationship in Jesus Christ. We're not going to throw this leadership card out there and say, well, I'm an usher, and I, you know, if you don't sit down, no, no. We value our relationship over our position. Hello, anybody? I'm so thankful for elders that have done that. Elders that really looked and took care of somebody because it was a relationship we shared more than I'm, I'm an elder here. Come on, I, I'm a leader here. I mean, isn't that frustrating? Wouldn't that be frustrating if, you know, wives, if your husband constantly did that? I just want to remind you what the Bible says. I'm the head of the house. Okay, we're just talking about carpet. Okay. You know, come on. Wouldn't that be frustrating? Wouldn't that be aggravating if you're just trying to, you know, go to your husband? I just want to remind you before this conversation that I'm the head. That's what the Bible says. I'm the head of the house. She'd be like, okay, let's get past it, you know. Um, right? And so yet, we don't have to do that in the church. We don't have to keep saying, I just want to tell you, I just want to remind you who I am, right? We need to value our relationship with one another. And so that's why it's so easy for our leaders and our elders and our leadership team to pour into people because they value relationship over position. They don't say, well, I'll see you in the grocery store. Sorry, I can't talk to you right now because we're not in church and the only time I can really be, I'm an elder and that's when I'm an elder. No. How many know it's a life thing for them? It's a relationship thing for them. Amen. I'm so thankful for that. It's function, isn't it? And, and in order for a body to be healthy, it needs to function in the way it was designed to function. Every time your body does not function the way it was designed to function, there's problems. Is that right? And same way in the church. And so that's the way that God has it. God has a design. And the design uh, for, for growth and health in the church is leadership. It's God's way and His design for us to become mature in the Lord and reach more people with the gospel of Jesus Christ through leadership. Amen. And so I believe that God has given titles for ministry, not rulership. Is that right? We're going to look at a couple of them in just a second. And so I believe that, um, again, it's about function. And the third thing is development. It's so important that we focus on <coughs> excuse me, leadership development. Why? Because leadership development in a church brings impact. Amen. And so it's not the, the, the health of the church or the growth of the church isn't measured by the attendance of the church. It's measured by the development of leaders in the church. Why? That means because what we're doing is we're saying that people are getting saved, they're being raised up and discipled and becoming leaders in the church and the leaders that were in the church are making more leaders in the church and we're multiplying all over the place. Amen. I mean, that's a good, healthy church. You can mentor the younger generation. You can make a place for them. That's a good, healthy church. Amen. Making room for the younger people and appreciating and honoring one another, respecting each one's uh, position and purpose in life and in the church. I think that's so important, isn't it? Why? Because it brings impact. 
It brings impact to a church and their community when, when there's people that are coming in and being raised up and being released and developed and deployed. I mean, it, it affects our community and it brings impact. And so that's what our heart is. And so I believe that God calls and gifts people to shepherd and lead God people into health and growth. And that's leadership. It's that we're coming to a place where God calls you to leadership. Now, someone said this years ago. They said that leadership is like, you know, like, you know, cream, you know, just kind of rises to the top, you know, and those who are really strong personality and leadership rise to the top. How many know that doesn't always mean you're a good leader? Just because you have a good, strong personality doesn't mean you're a good leader. And everybody that has a boss like that said, amen. Just because they have a a very, they're bold or loud or, or whatever, doesn't make them a good leader. How many know there's a call to be a leader? There's a, there's a gifting to be a leader, isn't there? Amen. And even when you become a leader, there's training. There's, you, you don't just say, well, I'm, I'm the perfect leader. No, there's much training. There's much training. You look at Paul and his life and how much training he went through, and he was one of the greatest leaders that we see in the Bible. Amen. And so we believe that. And leadership development in the church has to be. It has to be. It has to be. Even churches that are small in number and they're looking to our church and, and asking me questions about, uh, you know, we're a small church, 50 people, less than 100 people. How do I do this? What do we do here? You know, one of the things we say is you've got to get a team of people that can work together in the church. Not just the husband and, and the, or pastor and his wife. You know, they're the ones that set up for an event, plan the event, clean after the event, serve in the event. Amen? And so you got to get people you can trust. Paul said that, that you, you trust people. You know, one of the greatest things we see between Paul and Timothy's relationship is found when Paul said this to Timothy. He said, I am confident that the faith that was in your mother and grandmother is in you. That word confident. I am assured. I am confident. I am, I am so confident that you're going to do this, Timothy. How many of you know that needs to happen in a church? When we have an older generation, a younger generation working together and leadership working together, how many know we need that confidence and trust between us? And so I'm so thankful that we've been working really hard in the last three years to build that and develop that among us. And so leadership development in the church is really a must. It's the development of leaders and, as we said before, the deployment of the saints. And so I think that's so important. Healthy disciples produce healthy disciples. I mean, that's our goal. Healthy disciples produce healthy disciples. Brother T.F. Tenney said, you can't put a live check under a dead hen. Amen? You'll get it in a second. I know you're not from the farm. So you can't put a live chick under a dead hen. Meaning, you can't bring people in the church or people can't come into the church. And if there's no discipleship making, if there's no mentoring, if there's no training and no teaching, if there's no relationship building, how many know that thing's going to die? Right. And so you can't keep bringing uh, new people and, and young people up into a, a, a place that's not living and not functioning and not transitioning and not changing. Come on, somebody. Amen. I mean, life is about change, isn't it? Life is about transition. And so we want to just throw some things about leadership before. <clears throat> Anyways, um, I believe that one of the things we see is we see quality of leaders, but just want to throw these things out about leadership that we've learned kind of over the years Leadership is leading the way. That's exactly what it is. It's leading the way, being that example. It's, it's being that example without trying to impress everybody. Leadership can bring the church into maturity. That's one of the calls of a leader in the church. Leadership feels comfortable with being nameless. That's good leadership. Leadership goes to your heart, not to your head. Amen? How many know that's good leadership? And leadership is never self-appointed. 
God calls people. God develops people. And then there's a recognition by other people. And then there's a confirmation of a group of people. Amen. And so leadership is never self-appointed. Leadership is taken seriously, not to the extremes. How many know we need to take leadership seriously, but not certainly to the extremes, like many people have. Leadership is about growth and development. And so structure, function, and development are important because any minister who won't be a servant before God may become a monster before people. Amen? That's why it's important to have structure, function, and development. Many people said, Brother Matt, I'm called to leadership. I'm called to ministry. I'm called to do this. I'm called to do that. And so what do we say to them? Grab a broom. Because, you know, even after you've been given a title position, you still need to grab a broom. Amen? And then what you do is you teach other people to grab a broom. And then you broom together. Amen? Until you're over the brooms. Amen. And it works. I could say the toilet. But that's, you know, it starts with that. Amen. And you know, one of the things I love about our elders is that exactly what I see, the spirit of serving, the spirit of humility, the ser- that servant heart. I, I learned it. I'm telling you, I grew up in this church. I saw it. I know all the elders and all the leaders that are here. I know them personally for many, many years. I've seen it. I've seen it over and over and over again. How do you think I've got that example of serving and all the messages of serving? Because I've seen the leadership team here at the church do it over and over again. And I'm so thankful for that. Aren't you? Amen. Amen. But as we, we wind down here, I want to just go back to the, the, what it said here. His address in 1 Peter 5 was to elders. And so really that definition of elders, there's a calling for eldership like the pastor. Like, like a calling to a pastor, there's a calling to eldership to shepherd people. How many believe that? It's a calling to do that. And there's a, a really a serious call and a, and a good call. But it's, it, it's not because people are rich. People shouldn't be made elders in the church because of the rich, the rich people in the church. Or they're wealthy or people of affluence or business-minded. Business That's it. They have a, they have a successful 500, uh, Fortune 500 company. And so we need to make them an elder in the church. We don't do that. And so we don't do it because they're just best friends or just because they're relatives or because they're, they have perfect attendance. How many know there's qualifications for an elder? And in fact, if you read this, the three, uh, kind of the, the one I read from today, 1 Peter 5, there's also a two more uh, references in Scripture, 1, Peter, uh, or, sorry, 1 Timothy 3 and then Titus 1, that talks about elders and deacons in the church. And it really names three of them, bishops, elders, and deacons. And the bishops and elders are interchangeable many times as Paul writings. He's talking to bishops, but he's also addressing elders, and he gives them that same title, and then he says the deacons. Do you know there's 16 qualifications for eldership? Anybody want to be an elder tomorrow? No, I don't think so. 16. Can you imagine 16? Can you go imagine going to an interview, and you're like, if you pass these 16 things, you're good, you're in, you're hired. Can you imagine? Now, deacons are a little less, and it even says for women serving in the church or, or wives serving in the church as well, there's qualifications there. And so there's 16 of them that we find in 1 Timothy and in these other scriptures. And, and uh, it really is amazing because, let me just, kind of the categories, I broke them down to five categories. It's a godly desire for eldership motivated by the Holy Spirit is number one. You have to desire it. You have to motivate. You can't do it. Say, hey, brother, would you like to be an elder? No, I hate it. I don't want to be an elder. Never wanted it. Never. How many know that's not a good heart, right? Amen. So, so to be a desire, the Bible says to desire to be a, a, a minister or a bishop or a leader in the church, that's a good thing. How many know it's when our motivation for selfishness and pride, it ruins that good thing, right? 
So it starts with a desire. It starts with a desire motivated by the Holy Spirit. Then it's personal integrity and self-control and life example. A good reputation in the community. How many know the Bible says that's a qualification for an elder? Did you realize that? Did you know that? You know, that, that's a good thing. Personal integrity, self-control, life, all these things. Uh, family life, it taps into your family life. Intimacy and marriage and family management. How do you raise your children? How do you govern your home? The Bible says if you can't govern your home, you're not going to be able to govern the things in the church well. And that's, that's pretty, pretty deep, isn't it? And many people think, well, anybody can be a leader. Anybody can be an elder. Well, a lot of people stop right there. Anyways. Spiritual maturity, biblical knowledge, mentoring, teaching, uh, opening the word, describing things, explaining the word, mentoring people, taking time for people, uh, relational skills. Did you know you have to have relational skills and communication skills uh, to be an elder and uh, being hospitable and loving? I mean, all these things are to be an elder. And the Bible says that if you want to be an elder, it's a good thing, but there's qualifications. And how many know it's necessary in the church? It's necessary that someone has a qualified life to lead in the church. How many believe that? That's why we say with a growth track, you know, we love you coming in. You can serve in the parking lot. You can serve here. You can serve there. But we know when it comes to being a youth leader, worship leader, when it comes to being a, a you know, kind of a director or an elder or whatever, how many of that takes a little time? You don't, just, you don't just slide into that. Bible says don't lay hands on anybody immediately, right away. A no novice. Don't, don't appoint somebody who's new in the things of the Lord or without experience in the things of the Lord, you've got to give them time. And so how many know leadership takes time? But you know what? I've seen young people and young kind of aspiring ministers, and, and they, they said, you know, I want to be in the ministry. I'm called to be in ministry. And you know what? The, one of the first things they come into is time. you got to wait. Well, what do you mean i got to wait? Well, you got to wait. It takes time, right? How many know it takes time? And so I've learned that over the years that it takes time. And so I'm so thankful that there was elders here that have been here for a long time. And they've allowed the character of God to develop in their life. And so as we wind this down, the scripture teaches us that there's something about elders and something about leaders in the church is very important. I just need to mention it. And that is the plurality of leaders in the church, plurality of elders in the church. We see this in the book of Acts. We see this in Philippians and in Titus teaches about this. There is that plurality of that government structure or that team. We like to call it a dream team. We like to call it a team a leadership. And so when I'm writing letters to other ministries, when I'm writing letters and addressing other pastors through email or through letters, we always sign the Door Fellowship leadership team because we speak as one. We, we didn't just say, uh, you know, Brother Matt said this and, and I'm spending all kinds of money over here and starting this over here and doing this. No, no, we do it as a team. There's, there's safety and there's, there's success in a team. And we see it in the book of Acts. One of the things I love about the book of Acts gives a very clear definition. They were actually having a discussion, a heated discussion at times, a very long, lengthy discussion about something. Uh, it had to do with the other churches. It had to do with the new believers and the young believers and those who were not of the Jewish uh, culture and, and they, the Gentiles, really, and who were saved. And they had this long discussion. And the Bible says after a long discussion and many people got up, they prayed about it. Isn't that good? They prayed together. How many know that's love? You can, you can have a disagreement and still pray together. Amen. And so the Bible says that they came up with their answer. They wrote a letter back to the church. And this is what they said. It seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us. How many know that's good leadership? So it's not just a leadership team, but it's a leadership team that's praying together, seeking the Lord together, growing spiritually together, 
They're leading the church spiritually together. Amen. And so one of the things about the leaders and the elders here, and we believe what we achieve together is the strength of accountability, the need for transparency, the wisdom for clarity, the safety of protection. We know that. We realize that. And so we, we also know that there's no hierarchy in the church. There's no ladder of success. It's not one person ruling over another. And then in 10 years, you'll be, you'll be you know, deemed by heaven and you'll be sainted and this and that and everything. We don't get into that. How many know we take our role seriously, but we also realize we're just servants together serving the Lord? Amen. And so we believe in respect and we believe in honor and submission to one another in the spirit of grace. That's what the Bible says. And lastly, what are the duties of the elders he gives here and, and leaders in the church? And so the scriptures show that the elders serve by leading. They're servant leaders and that their responsibility involves their spiritual oversight of the congregation. And, and really it's a serious thing, isn't it? It's a, it's a heavy thing, and it, but it's important, isn't it? It's such a blessing to have so many good, godly people ministering to you, isn't it? Isn't it? Can't you just feel safe about that? That there's people that have been tested, their character, they're full of integrity, they love God, love God's word, and all they want to do is see you grow. Isn't that good? Doesn't that feel good to be under those kind of people and be around those kind of people? And so that's what eldership is all about. And so all the elders are equal in authority, but not necessarily equal in influence. And so we have different gifts things and different things that we do. But all the elders in a church, these four things, I just want to cover quickly in closing. The elders' primary responsibility include doctrine. This is so important, especially in the, the, the church today, is that we ensure that the doctrine and the moral teachings of the church are biblical. That's what the elders do. They make sure they say, well, pastor, you know, you, you, you're not really reading from the Bible. You're reading from another book. You're reading from the Quran. We're concerned about that. I mean, no, that's what they're there for. Or, well, you, you said this and, and the Bible says that. And so maybe we should talk about it and pray about it a little bit. So aren't you glad for that? Amen. That we can have, amen, good sound doctrine in the church because of good elders. Amen. They're there for direction. They're ensuring that the direction of the church is consistent with a vision and the core values. They're ensuring that everything we do and everything we say and all the events we do center around the vision, where God wants us to go, and our core values as a church. Amen. The third thing is development. We've talked about that, but development. Providing teaching for spiritual growth and Christian character according to the Bible. Development. That's what their duties are. And then finally, discipline. This is so important in the church, discipline. This is administrating in love and humility the process of church discipline as outlined in the scriptures, as the Bible teaches us, to protect the church from unfit men in leadership and wrong doctrine. So, so elders have a very integral part in the church, a very serious part of the church. They protect us. They, they teach us. Is that right? That's what they do. And, they, and uh, they discipline. They bring discipline. They also bring counsel and bring sound judgment to situations that are very, can be very sticky. There's some things in church, among church folks, that get very sticky and complicated. And so you need a good, strong eldership team or leadership team that can bring clarity to a very difficult situation. Amen. And they can walk with people through hard circumstances and they can see them come through on, on top because there's that process. And so I'm so thankful for that. Amen. And I'm so thankful for what the Bible says. And everything that I've read in the scriptures about leadership and elders, I've seen in the people in this room today. Amen. Can you say amen? Amen. Aren't you thankful for our leaders? Aren't you thankful for our leadership team? Amen. Amen. I'm going to pray. I want to pray, and then and my wife and I want to have 
a special presentation. Amen. Lord, we just thank you for today. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for these times as a church. We can just talk about what's important in the church. And Lord, I just thank you that you are building the church. You are, Lord, building those us today. Lord, it's strong today. Lord, we look around our culture and say, wow, this is, it seems like we're just falling apart. But Lord, we know that the church is a glorious church. And we thank you, Lord, that you're doing that work. So we thank you for what you're doing in this place and through these people and through us as a congregation, Lord, together, that you're raising up new leaders and young leaders and fresh leaders, Lord. You're, you're, Lord, you're establishing the older leaders, and Lord, and Lord, I, I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for a generational church. I thank you for generational leaders, Lord. I thank you for people that have been here. Now their kids and their kids' kids are here. Lord, that's amazing. I thank you. It's a testimony for your word that it works. If we do it your way, God will have a good, healthy, strong, growing church, and that's what we want, Lord. We thank you for it. We give you all the praise and all the glory. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.